Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So Netflix takes this giant punch in the face. I mean, it's a giant punch in the face, but you keep hearing about the fact that it's, it's all because of Russia. It's not all because of Russia. That's not, that is not accurate. Right? To say that it's all because of Russia, because what, what Netflix has done is that they have ended the accounts that were, were working in, 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 in Russia. And therefore, you lose about 700,000 subscribers. Right? That, that's, that's what you would lose. The problem is, if you take a look at them overall, they lost 200,000 subscribers when they were expecting 2.5 million. So even when you consider that they were expecting uh, that, that you would lose these people out of Russia, because this is the way, I guess, Netflix is helping to fight the war, uh, in, involves, you know, Russia invading Ukraine. This is, the, this is their answer. Um, they still lost, and they still lost in a major, major way. Tony Katz, great to be with you. Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. That's the number. 833-468-8669. That's how you get to be a part of the show. This is bad stuff. And the stock price got punched in the face yesterday, losing 25%. Right now, I mean, I'm staring at it right now. Are you looking at this, producer Ari? Are you looking stock? at this? Yeah. Wait, do you... Do you own Netflix stock, producer Ari? I do not. Okay, not, not, neither do I. We're, we're both good. We're both okay, everybody. Uh, producer Ari and I, we're going to be able to afford the mortgage. Um, they're down 37%. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> the, the CNBC has got the story. At least nine Wall Street firms downgraded the stock on the disappointing report. You you can try and blame it all on Russia all you want. It's not like that. It's a much different scene. And the scene comes from only a couple of possible places. The scene either comes from people don't want to spend that much money or they don't want to spend that much money on the low-quality entertainment that they're getting. It's one or the other. I mean, it's the only way it, it can be described. And they are getting low quality entertainment. Uh, If I take out Stranger Things from the Netflix lineup, what in the past three years has gotten you excited? Now, that isn't to say that there haven't been things that have gotten you excited. Tiger King. Tiger King got people crazy, stupid excited. Squid Game. I think Squid Game got people excited for a while, but it's not like people are, are dying for Squid Game 2 Electric Boogaloo. Umbrella Academy. Well, Umbrella, Umbrella Academy for me is one of the problems because Umbrella, Umbrella Academy, which was interesting and unique and all that stuff, did something that I find to be terrible. And what they did is they allowed real life to affect what they do in the programming. So there's the the Ellen Page character, whose name uh, eludes me, um, and uh, she decided that she's now Elliot Page and live your life. I the fact that I, I don't get it means zero. Just so we're clear, it, that's not the part that means anything. 
But you want to say you're you're now Elliot Page, I'll call you Elliot Page. The one thing I won't do is I won't play in the pronoun game, right? I'll, I'll never, ever, ever be a part of, of that. I cannot be compelled to speech, and we have seen this uh, uh, play out in, in, in a series of places. We have seen this play out everywhere. So um, you have a, a situation by which that uh, you would like, for example, you had this professor who was just awarded $400,000. $400,000 because the student said, you have to use these pronouns. And the professor said, it's against my uh, religious uh, point of view and I won't do that. And the student said, how dare you? And the school said, how dare you? I think it was Shawnee State University there in Ohio. And they put a letter in the file and after four years, what do you find? No, 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 you, you don't have to use any, any pronouns and get awarded $400,000. Can't compel people to speech. Um, so, but you want to call yourself Elliot? I'll call you Elliot. I've never once said to somebody, uh, "You tell me your name is Steve," and I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. You're a Barry." I, it never came up. You tell me your name is Steve. All right, your name is Steve. It's fine. That's the way it is. So you you have the, the this situation where Ellen is now Elliot. That's fine. They changed the character in the show. They changed the actual character in the show Umbrella Academy to match what was happening in Ellen Elliott Page's life. Nope. Actors act. And I want to know why it is that we now have decided that actors can't act. If the character is female, play the female character. If that's too much to do, recast the character. But you changed the character, and the character is based on a comic. I I never saw the comic, right? I I never watched it. I I, I may, maybe I should have. I I I should read it. But you can't just change things like this because somebody makes a change in real life. That's nuts. I find that to be a a a an awful maneuver, really and truly awful thing to do, and that to me was a giant turnoff. Elliot wants to live her life? Go to it, Elliot. Not telling you how to live. I'm telling you that if the art now has to go about reflecting that, something that was already established, you weren't willing to walk away from it? You couldn't recast the part? Of course you could. There were two Darrens. There were two Aunt Vivs. We can recast the part. And they didn't do it. I find that to be. I find that to be the worst. I really, for for Netflix to play in that, it was 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 saying that the content no longer was the most motivating thing, and if the content isn't the motivating thing for a content house, then I'm sorry, Daddy's out. I don't know what to do with this information. I found it really. And truly ugly. Now on Twitter, unknown, uh, the, the Bad Shepherd says Ozark is great. Okay, full disclosure, I tried to watch that show once. I was out. Have you ever watched Ozark's Pretty Sorry? I have. Okay. Like you can handle that show? Yeah, what's the issue? Oh, so dark. Oh, so Correct, it is, yeah. So, oh, I can't. I can't take it. I don't need that in my life. I need happy, happy, joy, joy all over me. That's fair enough. Not for everyone. Oh, could not, could not do it. 
But Ozark is okay. I get that's a show that people uh, like. Is it enough? Is it is it enough liking? Because that's where we started with this conversation to get you to spend fifteen dollars and ninety nine cents a month. And I think the answer is no. I think that there are now so many streaming services that you just can't bring yourself to uh, to, to pay for all of them. It's just too much money. Fifteen ninety nine here, eight ninety nine here. You got the bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. It's it's I don't know. It's four million dollars. Your first your first uh, you know uh, female child, whatever it is. It's too much, and people are looking at their economics and looking at their dollars and saying, I gotta start cutting back. And why not cut back on something that isn't giving me quality content? And that's what I think is causing this. There's an exhaustion of the wokeness. What did, what did Elon Musk call it? Elon Musk referred to it as the woke mind virus. I actually, uh, Sarah, who runs our digital, she sent me the story. She's like, you got you to read this for yourself. Here it is. I think it's on the post-millennial. Um, says the woke mind virus is arguably one of the biggest threats to modern civilization. I was wondering if you could decipher this tweet of yours for me because I'm not a programmer. You wrote trace route woke underscore mind underscore virus. What does that mean? Um, okay, so trace route is um, a networking uh, command to. Uh, so if you, if you want to figure out a path to a particular server or, or domain, uh, you'd say traceroute, or in Windows, traceRT. Uh, that would show you the path to a particular uh, source server, um, an IP address or domain name, and, and it, it would show you all, basically all the hops that, that it goes through um, and the, the latency between each, each hop. And so I know some of those words. <laughs> yeah. Um, so trace route would be yeah would be like where did it come from? Yeah. Where did the virus come from? What is its origin? So did this work? Did this command work? Yeah, or no? Did you find you could read the comments? <laughs> read the comments. It's. I mean, you got to assume this. He that was the Babylon Bee podcast. You got to assume he was stoned there too. I'm now assuming that he's stoned everywhere he goes. He just doesn't care. It's just, it's all just a game. Might as well have some fun, which is a great way to live your life. Don't get me wrong, but it, it, when he's talking about Netflix as the woke mind virus, making it unwatchable, well, isn't that so very obvious? That is clearly one of the causes. Now, let's make a different argument. Somebody could tell me from the fundamentals that there's a reason that people didn't go and subscribe. There's a specific reason economically people didn't go and subscribe. But if the perception is they're too wokey woke woke woke, isn't that equally as bad? Isn't that equally a problem that that people think you're too woke? It's just too ridiculous. It's too much. I'm not spending fifteen ninety nine on that giant horse crap garbage. You know what? A perception is reality, and thirty seven percent, man, hot. Dang, that's brutal. That's brutal, baby. They uh, lost, as I said, 200,000 subscribers. They estimate that 100 million households are sharing their subscription passwords with other family or friends uh, right there. So what you're going to be seeing, and we already heard this from Netflix, 
is that what you're going to be seeing is they're going to get rid of that sharing component that they're going to put away put an end to you can share it with with your mother-in-law okay all right fine maybe that's more of a reason people like ah pull the plug it was cool when there was like a couple of us using it but now we each got to pay the 15.99 forget it there comes a moment where it just costs too much it just costs too much. People don't see the value in it anymore, considering streaming has become ubiquitous. It's no longer a specialty thing and cool and hip. It's what you do, and everybody has the streaming. So price comes down, right? That's what we're about to find out. Keep it right here. I'm Tony Katz. This Johnny Depp, Amber Heard divorce thing is nuts. Nuts. This, this, this is not a, this was never a happy marriage. Never mind not now. This, there's no way these people were ever happy. Never once looked at themselves and said, what's the problem here? Well, how am I part of the problem? I'm going to get into that. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Joe Biden, he... He wants you to know there's only one reason, only one reason we're having all these economic problems. And the second big reason for inflation is Vladimir Putin. Not a joke. Putin's invasion of Ukraine has driven up gas prices and food prices all over the world. Can we just stop? Can we just stop? Never once does he look inward and say, what did my policies do? The lies, the deceit, the hatred of the American people in this situation. Did gas go up after the invasion of Ukraine? Of course it did. Was it already up a dollar because of you and your policies? Of course it was. And to say otherwise is a despicable, nonsense, human garbage lie. It's a lie told by liars. So why, why are we somehow pretending that this is all natural or normal or rational or okay? Why would we decide that this works? The guy is ugly as sin. Really and truly, and he hasn't stopped lying. So look, we're making progress. Over the course of my presidency, our recovery so far has created 7.9 million new jobs. More jobs... More jobs created over the first 14 months than any president ever. No, no, no. People went back to work. You didn't create any jobs. You didn't create any jobs. Now, maybe I should be just be so thankful that there you are in New Hampshire and you actually engaged this touch of honesty. It's estimated that the driving on those roads, those 700 miles, roughly 700 miles, that need repairs cost New Hampshire drivers, at least an average of $476 a year extra in gas and repairs and longer commute times. That's a $476 hidden tax on New Hampshire drivers. That's honest. It's honest to say that rising gas prices is a tax. And it's not so hidden. It's right there in front of your face. So when you realize that, how can you not be engaged in policies to make things easier? 
How are you not looking at energy independence? What I refer to as energy security, right? A lot of people talk about energy independence. It was President Trump used to refer to energy dominance. What about the very conversation of energy security? Why isn't that the top conversation? Mind-boggling. But what do you expect from somebody who actually said this with a straight face? When I was running for office, you heard it a thousand times from me, that we're going to build an economy around you. I'm so tired of trickle-down economics. I I never found that trickle-down on top of my head very much. I was listed, I was had the great pleasure of being listed as the poorest man in Congress for 36 years. I still had making a hell of a lot more money than anybody else because I was getting a senator's salary. No kidding. I didn't think you should make money while you're in office. But anyway. Can we just stop? You didn't think you should make money while in office? I, 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 I love this clip. Love it. Because the minute you hear that, like, uh, well, well, your son thought he should make money while you're in office. The joke writes itself. It's freaking spectacular. He said that with a straight face. Does he not know that America thinks that he's guilty, that he absolutely knew what his son was doing? He knew about the deal in Ukraine. He knew about the deal in China. Save 10% for the big guy. He knows he's the big guy. He might not know everything, but he knows he's the big guy. Come now. Stop it. He said that with a straight face. That's, that is freaking special, special. Oh, they should, they should hang that in the Louvre. Or I don't know who's still going to the Louvre, but you should. It's a beautiful, beautiful museum. Hang that in the Louvre. That's how good that is. But his, his continued disdain for the recognition of his own policies causing the problems in America has just turned everybody away. I mean, we heard from the Libre Initiative about how Latinos and Hispanics are turning away from Biden. Well, of course they are. They want home ownership. They want jobs. This guy's making everything impossible. Impossible, I tell you. And he won't He won't owe up to it. And when he gets close, talking about the increase in gas prices, the inflation as a tax, it's not hidden. It's very visible. He's right. But when he won't take the, the, the onus on himself to make changes and puts it all on Vladimir Putin, it all falls apart. It's filthy. It is filthy, the kind of lying that we're seeing here. Absolutely horrific. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, rumble.com slash Tony Katz. Major Mike Lyons, retired United States Army. He's going to break down the latest out of Ukraine. Will Russia get the Donbass or is there a fight still going on? Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. So you have the continued move from the Russians in Ukraine. Of course, the Ukrainian forces are fighting back. The Ukrainian people are fighting back. And I still stand by my position that I would not put a single U.S. troop into Ukraine. Not a one. But I have no problem with giving them the hardware. I have no problem with giving giving them uh, the artillery. They need 40,000 rounds, give them 40,000 rounds. They need 40,000 rounds a day, give them 40,000 rounds a day. Anything that screws up Vladimir Putin is something I'm okay with. I have, I have no problem with this at all. Not in any way, shape, or form. But I don't want to see any U.S. troops. 
that's a mistake. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it is good to be with you, but we are seeing more offensive from the Russians. It was the claim that they were going to be pulling out of Kiev. They didn't necessarily pull out of Kiev. They just repositioned some forces. And now it's all eyes on the Donbass, this area to the east. Major Mike Lyons joins us right now, retired United States Army West Point graduate, military analyst for radio and television across the country. Uh, we're hearing about the moves in the Donbass, and we're hearing about the continued siege of Mariupol. What is the latest in in the totality of this eastern region, which is Russian-speaking and in many ways Russian-leaning, and in Mariupol, where the siege has been going on for more than a month? Hey, Tony, great to be back with you. Um, what we've got here are Russian forces that are uh, aligned in the Donbass region. They're doing nothing but firing artillery, trying to, trying to figure out how to take Mariupol. Um, the, the fact that uh, the Ukraine military is holding out there for as long as they have is nothing short of a miracle. It's Alamo-type. You need to look for these historical analogies. Uh, 100,000 civilians still trying to get out of that town. Um, Russia has to have it. There's no other way around it based on key terrain and based on where it's located on the Sea of Azov and what, what it, it, it's got to do in order to create that land bridge to, tri, to Crimea. And so they're just going to continue to do what Russia does, and that's just pound away at it, artillery, cruise missiles, indirect fire. But they they don't seem to have the military, and, and they don't have the tactics. They can't figure out... In order to get it, you'd have to literally get in tanks and get infantry and go into that factory and go fight hand-to-hand. And they either don't have the courage to do it or they just, they just can't muster the troops to do it. So um, they're holding out there. The Ukraine military is holding out there very well. Uh, there's talk about trying to evacuate the civilians. I think that they've got to go by sea. I think that, I think that you can't trust the Russians at any level to do any kind of land type of evacuation. There's no such thing as a humanitarian um, corridor within anything that Russia has. There's, they just don't have any, you know, feeling for humanitarian issues. I mean, they, they murder civilians wantonly. So perhaps we can do a Dunkirk and get, get ships in there, cruise ships in there to help them evacuate. But um, they're holding off. The Ukrainian military has performed superbly. I would be, if you're discussing evacuations out of Mariupol, I'd be surprised that it hasn't happened already. And when you say we, are are you discussing uh, U.S. Uh, ships? Are you discussing uh, others, uh, you know, in, engaged in that kind of, of, of evacuation? Well, it couldn't be U.S. warships. That's the thing. And, and, and he, he, you get other countries involved. It's a good example of trying to get another country and bring in, you know, cruise liners. You'd have to bring in civilian ships so the Russians would feel threatened if, you brought some kind of U.S. troop carrier that could, you know, an aircraft carrier or so can get most of those people out of there. But um, the bottom line is it, it would threaten what, what's going on. So you, you'd have to try to do that, get some level of creativity. Um, but again, I don't, I don't see very a, a very good result, unfortunately, over land as long as as long as that's still an option. I, I and, and whether or not we can even get creative on this alone because we're dealing with Russia that it just doesn't care about any of this at all. I, I think the the larger story though is that they continue to press and right now the idea is to press in the Donbass. So this is where they first the Russians first sent in troops. Hey, we've got these independent sovereign states in Donetsk and Luhansk and we're gonna send in troops just to just to keep the peace everywhere. Which of course was never the story. This was about uh, gaining control of an area that was going to be the most sympathetic to Russia, Russian speaking, uh, mm-hmm. etc. Now that this invasion has languished t- 
two months, which yeah. is six weeks longer than anybody thought it would ever possibly go. Mm-hmm. Uh, do the people in the Donbass still feel that uh, or, or have some type of propensity want uh, to say, you know what? Hey, it's Russia. We, we see ourselves as ethnically Russian. This is fine. Or are they like, hey, maybe we should be fighting this aggressively? No, I think they're fighting. I think that, um, you know, you, you look in Kharkiv and these places to the north and in the northern part of that crescent that goes there from the on the eastern part of Ukraine, um, that the, they still have got uh, towns and cities there that Russia doesn't control. Uh, it's probably more than 50-50. And what's happening is Russia comes into these towns. And if they um, if you're not supporting them right away, that you get shot on the spot, so to speak. So um, the, the Ukraine military is going to do what it can to try to help and defend. They're going to go, I think, on the defense. But you don't see Russia on the offense. Everyone keeps talking about this this new Russian offensive. I just don't see it yet. Nor do I see them doing it just anytime soon. As you know, they 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 might just be warming up. They they they're just kind of starting what they're going to do there in the Donbass region. Look what they did in Syria and how long that they just kind of bombed away there at, at Aleppo and those places. So uh, it's going slow, a lot slower than we kind of want it to be. We're projecting U.S. We're projecting the way we fight on the Russian military, and we just got to get out of that habit because they're just not anything close. Yeah, talking to a major Mike Lyons, retired United States Army West Point graduate. Um, we see and we've seen what happened in, in this area of Bucha. Mm-hmm. And certainly from my investigation, from from my sources, as I look at it, well, of course, anytime I see a photo out of Ukraine, I first think it's propaganda, and then I look to be able to verify it. Those things happened. They mm-hmm. murdered people in the streets. They tied people up and shot them in the head. When you talk about finding 900 dead people, that's obviously what took place. Is this changing the world maneuver? Like, we've already seen Finland and Sweden, as as we've talked about on the show, discuss an interest in NATO when that has never come up before. And this is a a seismic shift kind Mm -hmm. of, of thinking going on. But is there any new thinking at this stage of the game to the amount of help that the Ukrainians will be given or whether that help will involve any involvement from other nations and specifically NATO nations? Well, first of all, there's another $800 million package going in. If you saw the first one that was announced last week, it's got some great stuff in it. The you know, MI-17 helicopters from Afghanistan, uh, not much artillery, only 18 howitzers, which is really not much. Uh, 40,000 artillery rounds, which is about 2,000 metric tons. You do the math on that, it's going to take about 20 C-17s to get in there. So there's going to be a lift issue and, and, and a, a logistical challenge there. But, but what Russia, what, what, what Ukraine needs is these drones, the switchblade drones, as well as the counter battery, the Q36 radars. That's going to give them a return address for every time artillery is, is launched. If Ukraine wins the artillery war, then they'll win. The, then Russia will have no choice but to uh, try to figure out a, a, a you know a face-saving way out of it to at least stop the fighting. Right? That's the goal to stop the fighting. I think what happens then, we set up a, bet, a much harder border between Ukraine and Russia at that point. Um, and then and then who knows? Uh, you know, I, I don't think that, the you know, I'm watching people talk about the things you just said about Bucha and, and, the, and, the, and the crisis that's taking place there. But this was caused over 20 years of lack of thinking that, that it wasn't going to happen. And we have to recognize this is how Russia is. We have to re-isolate the world on Russia and we have to figure out who our allies are and steal and keep our friends close and strong. And Ukraine now has got to be one of them, I think. In the let future. me let me I want to don't forgive me for interrupting. I want to make sure I heard something right. You're not talking about re-isolate the world on Russia. You mean realign the world to isolate Russia. 
Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and it's not going to be 100 percent because the Chinese will be supportive of them. Indians, likely India, will continue to support Russia. However, I think one of the, one of the things that's taken a hit in this whole scenario has been the, the Russian you know, foreign military sales. I mean, everyone sees that their military equipment is you know, pure crap. You know, you, you, you can't right. not open Twitter and not see a picture of a tank blown, a tank turret blown off. You won't see that of a U.S. Built, uh, you know, armored vehicle or, or the like. So, so it's a numbers game. China, Russia could now become this vassal state of China, just given the fact that their economy is just going to rely so much on it. And we're going to get back to this bipolar world again of you know good versus evil, and 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 you know kind of back to the eighties. It's back to but the future. bring up, bring up if you would the India conversation because it confuses. It really yeah. does. India, uh, it seemed that Prime Minister Modi had, had a very, very good relationship with, with President Donald Trump. There's right. a tremendous amount of trade that we already do in terms of actual intellectual power because, while well, we're sleeping, they're awake and vice versa. So there's right. a lot of that coding world that happens there. There's a great opportunity for India, after watching what China has wrought vis-a-vis COVID, to right. take on more of the manufacturing world and create yep. literally millions of jobs yeah. uh, in India. And yet here they are still saying we want that Russian oil. This right. seems like politically a huge mistake on this part of, of India. What is it that you see that maybe the rest of us don't? So, so Tony, the issue with India is we, we failed at our relationship with them over the past 40 years. And it's not just this last administration or the last few. It's because of our relationship with Pakistan. And Pakistan and India are just such vital you know, enemies to each other and have had border wars that have gone on for years and years. And we continue to supply Pakistan with arms and with aid and all those other kinds of things. And we don't step up to India. And so if you look at it through their eyes, they, the India looks at the United States and says, if they had to choose, they choose Pakistan. Now, th- again, we've done that because we've tried to use Pakistan as a way to figure out Afghanistan and as a other way to count fight terrorism and all those other things. So we've got to reprioritize ourselves, too, back to India, throw them something, figure out something to bring them into, make them step up to be the superpower potential that they have. They've got a billion people, so they have that potential. They're still, you know, in some cases, a second world country in some areas of where India is. But that's what it's all about. The problem is the U.S. Is that the US's relationship with Pakistan it hurts our relationship with India. Talking to Major Mike Lyons, retired United States Army. Um, all of this uh, dollars that we're giving, and I have no problem giving uh, the, the dollars. I know some people uh, disagree, and I'm willing to engage that conversation with, with, with everyone. Uh, the question is exactly when does the dollars stop being given? When does this end? We have discussed the idea that this doesn't end, that this is a guerrilla war that's going to go on for years after after this, because it's one thing that's very clear is that the Ukrainians are not going to surrender. They don't feel like they have to surrender. If we can beat these people for two months, we can beat these people for two years or for 20 years, as long as the rest of the world keeps sending us guns and ammunition. So mm-hmm. is there any thought from uh, the Russians as to, hey, we can't win this thing. We're hearing about oligarchs trying to put together peace deals so this uh, can stop. You hear about uh Putin and the concept of a tactical nuclear strike. What is more possible? Putin goes down that kind of road to win or the oligarchs can get him to take the small victory of the Donbass and walk away so this can be over? I, 
I think that he's not going to stop. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think there's no way that oligarchs convince him of anything. This is that Russia. His mentality is that he's in this for the long run, and and it's going to have to be you know soundly defeated by the Ukraine military. And the dirty little secret on our side that no one's talking about is that we want Ukraine to continue to do this because the more stuff that we pour in, this is now becoming a classic proxy war. And the Russian army is getting destroyed in place uh, in that in Ukraine. So at the end of this, Russia is going to be very weakened, both on the military side and as well as, as economically. So we, we want to keep kind of sucking Vladimir Putin into this. And as long as Ukraine is continuing to fight, they're, they're, I'm, I'm convinced now that, again, they win the artillery war. They could, they could really win. They can hold this to a stalemate, a war of attrition. At some point, Putin is going to have to back down because of the economic pressure on him. Before I let you go, I brought up uh, Sweden. I brought up Finland, which are not NATO allies. And now uh, NATO is is a conversation. Everything that Putin has done has been about the claim that NATO is too large. It's fear. It's it's a threat uh, to the Russian way uh, of life. Is Putin going to find out that pretty soon everybody's a NATO ally, whether I like it or not? Yeah, you know, Tony, you and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and I was of the camp that said, you know, everybody can't be in NATO because, you know, except Russia, you know, and then that creates this kind of World War One problem. But after watching what, what Russia's done now, now's the time to put both of those countries into NATO for two reasons. Number one, they can contribute. They can play. The, 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 you know, Finland's already defeated Russia in a war back, you know, 1940s in, in those Russo-Finnish wars for all practical purposes. And, right. and they can fight, and so can the Swedes. So so they have, they, they spend money, they defend, they do all those things. And if they Real, they, again, everyone's woken up to the world of of what Russia is really all about, and it's you know it's taken thirty years. So I I would agree with that. Now whether Ukraine makes it in or not, it's going to be a function of what's the next leadership in Russia look like because we don't want to put Ukraine in into NATO for the sake of that. Let's put them in the EU. Let's we're going to the West is going to get in there and rebuild it for sure. But let's um, let let's see how that goes right now. They'll, you they'll think the West? Well, 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 well. You think you think the United States is going to rebuild Europe? Oh, absolutely. Tomorrow. Absolutely. There's no what, there's what? no absolutely. There's there's because of what's what's there, what's in Ukraine. There's this it's it's a you know it's, it's, there's wheat, there's a valuable it's a valuable country that is going to get rebuilt and it's going to get rebuilt. There's wheat, the there's barley, yeah. there's rare earth minerals, but in right. in 30 seconds or less cuz you're yeah. talking Marshall Plan 2.0, what yeah. do you what do you think's going to be the suggestion the the trillions of dollars? To do this, what what is what is it? Thirty seconds or less, go. The European market is as well, not just the United States. You're going to see the, all of Europe get together, and this is going to be an, an event that's going to bring them all together, bring that market together, and, and it'll be an, an event uh, that'll really push them in the world stage. I I believe. Look at the look what the UK is doing, and they're not even in the European market. So I I think that the West is going to can't wait to get in there and be first to say that they're working on rebuilding Ukraine. Major Mike Lyons, retired United States Army. I always appreciate it. M-A-J Mike Lyons, L-Y-O-N-S. M-A-J Mike Lyons on the Twitter box. Follow him there. Always a pleasure, sir. We've got more. I'm Tony Katz. So if you didn't know this about me, I am an absolute sucker for a Bridezilla story. Sucker for a Bridezilla story. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What is going on? So here is the story. There's two parts to this story. 
that are lovely. First, uh, meet uh, Chantel Keeley. According uh, to the New York Post, uh, uh, she's in the UK and she's getting married to Jim, who is her first cousin. I'm just going to let that just marinate for a second there, producer. All right, I'm just going to leave that there. Yeah, I'm not touching that one. She's marrying her first uh, cousin right right there. That's a, that's always a, a, a thing. Uh, also, uh, you should note that her family actually had to pay a dowry somewhere between fifty dollars and $125,000. But that's not even the part of the story that so gets me like, hey, this is awkward. He has 73 best men in his wedding party. There are so many red flags going up all over the place. The first cousin, the dowry, the 73 best men. I don't even know if I know 73 good men. Never mind best. I don't, I don't, I'm telling you. This story is weirder than weird. And in case you're wondering, I'm looking at a picture of the, of, I think this is the bride. She's attractive. I don't get what's going on at all. No part. No part of it do I get. Rumble.com slash Tony Katz. Subscribe. This is Tony Katz today.